Uncreative Radio. I'm here with my long lost friend over 10 years, Tony Moray, executive director of the A&D Museum. Thank you for coming on the show. I haven't seen you in fucking forever. Uh, thanks for being here, buddy. It's an absolute pleasure. It's freakishly how crazy it's been since we've seen each other, and yeah. you look exactly the same. So do you? Yeah, yeah. And like, and like, I almost feel like time kind of froze. Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> For damn sure. Oh it didn't. man. Okay, so just catch me up quickly. Uh, where, where from Miami? Tell me where where you went and how you got here. Oof. Because um, I just remember Lincoln Road was the last time I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was ages ago. But then yeah. you did, you went to, you came here or went to Boston. One of those. No, no, I started, I left Miami. Yeah. Um, came to Los Angeles, went to SciArc, Southern California Institute of Architecture. It's in the Arts District. Yeah. Um, and then stayed for an extra year after I graduated. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Um, hmm. For a long time, didn't know what I really wanted to do. Obviously, right. tried tons of stuff, um, failed at tons of stuff. <laughs> um, and ended up going to architecture school, realizing I hated architecture, but I liked the school part. Um, so liked talking about stuff, liked yeah. being theoretical. So went to Harvard, got in there. Um, All right, smart guy. Yeah. That's hard. That's hard stuff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's hard stuff. Yeah. Went there, um, spent two years there. Um Studied history and philosophy of architecture. My God. And then moved back to Los Angeles and ended up landing at the Architecture and Design Museum. And then now I'm the executive director. What, what, was, it about the, what was it about Los Angeles? Like, why come back here, you know, after Harvard? I just love the city. Um, it's so hard for me. Coming from seeing New York, Chicago, Boston, LA, Miami. It's one of the few cities where I feel like it's still young enough to kind of take chances, but old right. enough to be able to have the support to take them. Right. Um, it's also huge. So yeah. it's like five cities in one. Right. You can go anywhere. You got mountains in the morning, beaches in the afternoon, and like cultural downtown at night. I love it. Um, and it's the millennial hustler city. Like a lot of other cities mm. don't have that ability to um, hustle and like play different hats and right. put on different masks and be successful. Yeah. But the small entrepreneur or uh, engaging person who's looking for multiplicities and what they kind of pursue, I feel like LA is a sweet spot. Right. I love it, man. It's one of my favorite cities. We uh, recently opened, Beth actually opened the, um, the office in New York and that was really cool. And we, I, I, I don't know, New York was super cold when we opened it. We opened in January of this year. So it was really yeah. freezing. Well I done. Mean, it was freezing, but I th- it, has, it has such a, I really like the hustle of that city. But every time we come to LA, man, it's like perfect. It's like it's like New York and Miami had a baby. Yeah, over here. But I always say like New York, Miami, and LA are the same exact city at different ages of their lives. That's pretty good. So like Miami is like still figuring itself out. Young teenager, rebellious, Cra- crazy. Yeah, out of like LA is like thirties, forties, figured out some shit. Probably right. willing, still has one or two chances to take before they yeah. have to make decisions for absolutely. their lives. Absolutely, absolutely. And New York is like. Older, established, knows its game. This you kind of know what you go there for. Has right. some weight to it. Has some reputation. Absolutely. You can throw your weight around a little bit and, and you have some game. And so I think if, if you know how to play each one and you understand what you're falling into, it's it's a really good triple. So tell me about the museum. You invited me to this gala that I couldn't go to, but yeah, I really wanted you. to. But I see... <laughs> <laughs> I like got the text. I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, oh, this is dope. I want to go to this. And then yeah. our plane and JetBlue. But anyway, uh, but yeah, I see you guys are doing, you got the Why Not Workshop. You're doing a bunch of stuff there. You guys are releasing a bunch of, you guys are doing a bunch of really awesome installments. Like, give me the rundown of the museum. Yeah. 
museum's been around for about 20 years, coming up on 20 years. Wow. Um, it's architecture and design in its purest. Uh, this LA had tons of museums kind of going around inside of it, established ones, large ones, LACMA, The Broad, yeah. um, George Lucas's new one coming up, yeah. um, MoCA with, with a new director. But ours is really situated in kind of a weird spot where we don't take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we take our work seriously, not ourselves. Right. And um, we allow for kind of a lot more emerging young talent. We're also in the middle of both Skid Row and Hauser and & Worth and right. our sister. I was, about to say, I was about to say, you guys are, because the art district is love. I mean, I, yeah. want, I love going there, you yeah. know, and hanging out. And it's obviously, downtown has been on the huge, on the rise, man. Yeah. So it's been really, really cool. But obviously, you're walking through like Skid Row to get there. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where we position ourselves both intellectually and physically, right? Mm. And I think... Um, we're really in touch with other institutions in the area and we're kind of seen as like the more rebellious place. And we do right. a lot of, because we're an architecture design place, we do a lot of our own designs for exhibitions. We right. kind of curate and work from the ground up because building shows is kind of tied to building projects. And so it's been, I think it was a perfect fit for me. Um, perfect fit for everyone else that works there. Deputy director, Leila Waba, exhibitions coordinator, um, hmm. Kiana. I think everyone has a great time because it's literally just like a family running an operation. And then right. the board is surprisingly uh, supporting of such a crazy endeavor. You don't really find that in nonprofit world that often. It's been a struggle to figure out how to, how to navigate that. And I mean, like, you know, like working in the world, figuring out that's the shit they don't teach you. Absolutely. You can't get in it and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. So politics is red tape and figuring out how to navigate. I never knew I was going to learn Google sheets so well. You know what I mean? Like that was, (laughs) they don't teach you that shit. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, just being able to kind of have fun and test yourself and also not go crazy and, balance it with doing stuff you want to do with giving back and i mean we all have different ways of growing up and figuring out what we suck at and what we do like and what were mistakes and what were not mistakes and learning how to build off of that um and come to terms with it i think how how did you figure how did you figure out that the museum is something that you thought would be where you wanted to fit because you were like i hate architecture like when you were (laughs) like we were like i didn't want to be you like the school part of it but you didn't want to be an architect well i knew i didn't like buildings i knew i didn't have the patience for buildings right um and I knew I, but I liked the conversations around them and I liked the way that right. made you see things. Right. Never thought the museum was going to be a project for me. I never mm-hmm. saw museums in my future. Right. Um, I liked exhibitions. I was doing shows in LA called One Night Stand. That's cool. Where we would rent out motels for one night, give artists each a room. Our business cards were condoms. We would joke around and stuff. <laughs> and so I, I liked the idea of like creating events and bringing people together and right. working on that with short spasms, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I never realized that was like museum world. And I always thought museums were like yeah, uh, stuffy and blah blah blah. Yeah, oh, like oh, what well, are? I mean, it's it's funny. I I realized it early on. Um, <laughs> this is so formal. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> My inside head's just like a rabbit running around, and yeah. I'm like, and seen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but. <laughs> um, I always I came to terms that I've been super engaged with like thresholds of learning and that's right. kind of become a repetitive thing for me and I also realized that's where I, I liked it and so I realized when I walked into museums the reason why I liked doing exhibitions was because there was no like threshold of superiorness like when you walk through a door sometimes you you sense superior or right. you sense that you're submissive to the authority that's kind of controlling it exactly and so i i found it really fun to erase that but i never realized that was a thing a thing towards museums i thought that was just like something i liked making things quirky right um and so once i got the opportunity to play that in a museum and the board was willing to let me run it and give me a chance to actually implement it as a, a kind of way of thinking it it seemed like a perfect fit. How does it work in the arts district? Like, how is it? Because the art, arts district is obviously up and coming. It's still on the yeah. rise. Like, how does the museum fit in? And uh, how, is, how is it growing within the, the district itself? Mm. 
audience for sure for one of them is how you got to do it um we're free that's cool that's another one we don't charge for admission so we also realize it's great to get people to pay but when you're that close to skid row you can't be charging people to come see knowledge or experience stuff right valet's gotta be tough yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's um just balancing those games out also letting people meet each other Mm -hmm. um we don't do openings like just purely logistics actually it's like we don't open up shows one by one. We open up all the shows the same night. Wow. So instead of getting like a hundred people who just know each other to come hang out, you end up with like five shows opening the same night and you end up with a thousand five hundred people right. coming out to see each other because it becomes an event. And so before I was there, we would only do maybe seven shows. The museum was doing maybe seven shows a year. And last year we did 27. The so grief. yeah, we're tired. Yeah. yeah uh, no, but it's like, it's not me, actually. I do very little. It's everyone that surrounds me. I just yeah. get to enjoy it and put my name on it a Good lot. job. Yeah. Good so. job. You made it. <laughs> you made it, man. That's awesome. No, but it's it, it's fun and it's nice to sweat and bleed for the right causes. So I think like the museum for me was like the ultimate test. It's a museum of that size or any museum, really. Uh, it's like being an entrepreneur. Right. But you can't make millions. Interesting. Right. Like your, your aim is never the money. Exactly. It can't be. Cause then exactly. you're, then you stop being a productive tool for right. a cultural agency. So it's like, you're playing the game of understanding the world, but you also have to play the game of understanding culture, humanity, how to give back when you get something, how to make sure it goes to the right causes. Um, Do you feel like people, the millennials these days, like understand this? Are they coming out to the shows? Are they lost in, are they lost in Cardi B and Travis Scott? Are they oh, really, cr- <laughs> or, yeah. or are they are, do you find that people are like oh i appreciate this and what what does that demographic look like that's in this museum mm. i feel like some of that culture gets lost in in uh, these this this up-and-coming generation i don't know if it gets lost i just never saw it that's for sure right. um, i got enticed by the positive side of everything yeah. i was really enjoying the idea of shows i'm not sure it gets lost i don't want to i mean i hate declaring like that generation, that or this is, generation. Is crap, right, right, yeah. right. I mean, it's just something that I've, I've come to terms with the fact that it's also just exposure. Right. Um, Maybe they haven't seen what you've seen and the opportunities. and Yeah, and just also seeing the impact. I think right. understanding impact, understanding what words mean. I was having this conversation with our um, president of the board the other day about compensation. And I told her, like, you, you don't understand what that word means to people. And right. I'm like, you can't walk into a group of people that do things for a good reason and expect compensation means money. Um, and you can't expect what people think is money is compensation and, and vice versa. And I think there's just a different understanding of payoff, but I also think on some level, I think LA is really good about that is people are just looking for opportunity more than money. They're looking to get into it. So there's, there's a, there's a different hunger here that evolves into patience, but I'm not sure there's patience, but there, it evolves into it. And I think there's a hunger to succeed. And I think the separation would be what people consider success is maybe what, what's shifting. Um, but I think it's. Not necessarily tied to the museum, but it's tied to the creative world as a whole. Right. What do you feel like to art? What what role does art have to play? I mean, you obviously grew up in Miami and stuff, as you know, Basel and all this stuff, and it's kind of a different experience there. Yeah. But like, what role does like art have to play in the community as a far as as far as being a voice? I think the role of museums is changing. So I think what you just hmm. said right there when you said like people come to us to see stuff. I don't think people come to museums to see things anymore. Hmm. Um, I think people find things online much faster than you would ever go to see them in right. a museum. So right. if, if I want to see something, I can go online and see it. Right. So I think the, the idea of going to a museum or institutions is about finding an experience, finding a network, seeing things that you wouldn't search for. Right. Um, seeing, it's not the stuff that you know you're going to go see. It's being part of conversations, feeling like you belong. I think um, it's funny. Like The more you see everything, the more you want to feel like you can be one thing for a little bit and just kind of focus in and zoom. 
And yeah. I think um, the art world plays a role because it, it kind of brings together multiple trajectories or emotions, I think, that people are feeling. It also is hard to attack because it's allowed, art is allowed flamboyance. Right. Um, and a little bit more of a protester-like energy. And so I think um, art plays a role in the fact that it, it allows people to speak when they can't speak freely. Yeah. And, and I people think right are using, now we're there. Yeah, and people are using that in this culture, you yeah. know, in Trump culture and everything that's kind of happening, the shift, you know, Jim Carrey and using this art and yeah. especially what he's been doing and uh, and seeing that shift. Is this a pro or anti-Trump podcast? This, oh, this, we we love Trump. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we're sponsored by the NRA. <laughs> who else, who else are the bad people? I don't know. Georgia? No. Yeah, Georgia. Georgia is also bad now. Alabama. Alabama. Well, Alabama, come on. Alabama's always been bad. <laughs> they've, they've, never, they've never had a chance. Georgia at least had a shot. Yeah. Tyler Perry came in. They're like, okay. And then no. And then no. 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 We don't care they about They made one bad Medea movie. And, we, we, yeah. <laughs> and then we don't care about women. <laughs> but like, there's a, there's a day and age. I don't know. I think like if you look at what's happening, America's the most divided it's been. Uh, it feels divided. People feel like they don't know uh, where to... I don't know. There's so much information that's out there. And I feel like sometimes yeah. art plays a role in saying it helps you feel... Like, you know when you watch a comedian sometimes and they say a joke so well, you're like, oh, that's how I feel. That, that, yeah. that. And you didn't know how to express it until yeah. you see it. And I feel like art sometimes or shows or exhibits kind of express that kind of same thing. It helps you... Yeah, but the hard part is... is um the hard part is, is that I can't have a personal opinion. Yes. Right. Um, yes. That's the hard part is like, then, then the museum becomes a tool for me. For, and, I, and it's propaganda. Yeah. And yeah. It, it just becomes, I become, I've learned through, through experiences <laughs> that you have to be, um, you have to strip away your kind of tendencies to want to be more than you probably should be at a moment. And so I think when it comes to museums specifically as institutions, keeping them pure, because as much as you might have a personal opinion, like we were just talking about, um, that can't make it to the walls. Right. Um, because both parties have to be able to feel comfortable walking in, in the there. walls. Yeah. Right. They need to feel safe enough to talk. Um, they shouldn't feel safe enough to attack. But they're safe enough to experience and walk yeah. and enjoy like everyone else should be. Yeah. Because if, if not, then then it's not necessarily a, a platform. You're kind of creating a podium for somebody else. And I think it's right to give people podiums and platforms for what they want to talk about, but it can't be at the exclusion. Right. And of course, there's limits. And you talk about certain limits of that kind of conversation. But um, the personal identifier of what I think is interesting versus what I think the museum's role is, is a constant battle. Right. And it's also... Because it's so tied so close together. Yeah. It's your life, right? And people think like, oh, that's the person that's at a museum. And I mean, it happens with everyone. Like, people want to give faces to things because it's right. the only way. And um, it's just, sometimes it's just not the right place to do it. Right. Um, and I think that's one of them is you can be one thing and it's powerful, but you have to make sure that you understand how to how to gauge it and how to represent it. Um, and I think it's just understanding that that's something separate that I'm kind of hoping to nurture, but I'm not the one that's dictating where it's going right. to grow. Personally, as you've kind of experienced and you've seen different artists come into the museum, and then also you look at the duality of what's happening in the country and you see like, um, like you see, uh, just the fact, like there's so many people running for the Democratic nomination mm. right now. I mean, I don't even, it's like, it's like 80,000 people. <laughs> Um, you're, you're, you're running, right? Um, yeah. um, why not? Yeah. Just throw your name in the hat. I think everyone could do it. Mark, you're doing it too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think there's, there's so many people running for that, uh, which I think is really interesting. Um, do you feel like, do you feel like, uh, cause I feel like young people have such a role to play and I feel like art has such a role to play. 
Um, do you feel like there's education at least that's happening around that scene? Is a, do you personally or the museum have a part to play with educating people no matter their kind of stance of party? Or is politics something that you kind of keep to the outsides and say, hey, this is kind of off limits? You know what I mean? I think it's really important to know when you're tackling a topic and when you're not tackling a topic and when you're right. not tackling it to not try to or to not try to act like you were. I don't think the, the museum under my directorship has ever tackled that issue. Right. I'm um, straight on. Has it been maybe re- appearing? Right. Obviously, it has to. Sure. It's, 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 it's a happening. cultural thing. It's there. Um, I haven't felt like I was the right person at certain moments to go after certain conversations. And that's yeah. something that I've talked to everyone about is there's certain shows and certain conversations that I think have to happen in the museum. Yeah. I know they have to happen. I don't know how to do them. Right. Um, is that tough to be a leader and through all through stuff like that? You're like, you're, you're obviously, you're a lot of people's boss and people. No, you know, I don't consider it. Yeah. I know that sounds you, like stereotypical, but I, I, I really don't. I really, I, it, it comes across a ton. I have for the first time ever, we put our faces out at the museum just because it became synonymous with like showing people the level of family. But right. It's, um, everyone that comes into that museum usually thinks I'm a volunteer or like right. I work there in some fashion, right. except the people that know me, but, right. um, that's always been about your personality though. Like you've always had a pretty, a really awesome, humble personality. <laughs> Yeah, you have. You've always kind of felt that way. At like, moments, yeah. Yeah, like you've always kind of felt that you have a humble personality where you feel like you're like, you're always kind of in it. You're always kind of one of the first guys in and you're always doing it a ton and people would never probably view you as like, oh, that, that guy over there is the boss. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but like how difficult is that navigating employees and people and perspectives and conversations and especially within the workplace now? Like I know for me, it's like, yo, there's like Me Too movement shit and things are have to be handled differently. And you yeah. have to be like fucking awake to what is going on yeah otherwise they're going to be georgia and (laughs) the studios are leaving (laughs) yeah except for netflix the ceo who's still getting money but um (laughs) yeah you have to be a parent but you also have to be aware like when you have certain power in a conversation and whether or not it's a large museum or a big museum or an institution in general they have a comp there's a gravity to the way that they're going to present something because it's an artifact in history so right I mean, the Me Too moment's a perfect one. Like we, I knew we needed to do a show focused on women in architecture, women in right. design. I knew we wanted to do that. I also looked at myself and said, a Latino boy from Miami is Absolutely. probably not the best figurehead for that show. Sure. Could I do it? Great. Would I feel good about myself? Probably not. Probably, right. Right. probably not. Right? right. Like it's it's a little bit too tone deaf. Um, so looking for the right partners, looking for the right people is kind of important towards us. Um, looking for the right engagement to kind of work on that stuff right. was important. Um, and that's when it comes down to it is like the more these topics come up, you have the more the more open you have to be to have conversations. Right. You can't have I'm not sure we're at a point. I've never been sure that we're at a point to give answers. Hmm. Um, I'm way more interested in the museum kind of producing questions and showing process and showing conversations in middle moments. But I'm not at a point where I think I'm ready to put an exclamation point on any conversation right. we're having. And I think um finding the right people to work with and listening to people around me. Cause there's some things I know stuff about. There's some things I know negative, nothing about, you know right, what I mean? And right. so um, I'm never going to be the person that says that's right. That's wrong. If I'm not sure. Right. If I'm sure, I'm sure. If I'm not yeah. sure, I'm Get not your sure. Education. Right. Figure yeah. out where we're. And so uh, that's what the team, honestly, I mean, that's why I say I, I kid around with everyone a lot, but it's really only because it has to exist on our business cards. But besides that, like it's more than open for people to tell me to shut up. And they do repeatedly. <laughs> they, do. <laughs> um, they join before they attack me into masses. So it's like, like I is, get outvoted. Okay, before, right, before we go in there. <laughs> you tackle his left side. You say this. I'll say this. And then you chime in on that other yeah. point. That's and then we just leave them. Um, but no, I think it's, 
it's important to be vulnerable. I also really think it's important to know when you're going to take on something and you're going to be the bulletproof vest for it. Right. And that's what I think the museum can do best is that I can, I'm always willing to, my personality has always been willing to risk it all. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and it has so, been. yes, it has been. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it's important to, I, I, I knew that was part of me, but I wasn't ever sure how that was a tool. Um, <laughs> and I think it was just important to figure out when I was willing to use it. And I think the museum nonprofit world was a perfect place to say, if I'm going to go down for something, I'm going to go down for the for right this. reason. Yeah. And so it's, it's allowed me to kind of funnel that and understand that and be willing to take the risks when I need to and be willing to not take them. And for someone of my age and something like that to be in a museum like yeah, that, it's it was, awesome, man. Well, it gives you a different sense. Yeah. When I went on Instagram and I just was like looking at what you, I was like, where? Because I was like, we're going to do the show in LA. And I was like, I want to get Tony on. And I was like, what's he doing now? And I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it I looks was, way more impressive on, on Instagram than it does in real life, I promise. I, yeah, I don't believe you. Well, I do. Well, Instagram is full of shit, but, <laughs> but, I, but I love what you're working on. And, yeah. and I definitely have to come to the, to the next one. Yeah. So I'm like really, I'm really pumped on yeah, seeing Jet it. Yeah, JetBlue. Yeah. Blame them. Blame them. <laughs> Before I let you go, we got to play a little game called Rapid Fire. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. You got five seconds to just quickly, quickly as fast as you can, all right. answer all these questions. All right. All right. Donors don't watch this part. <laughs> Okay, here we go. That was 30 minutes? Yeah, you're doing well, man. We're just chatting. That was 30 minutes? Time yeah, flies. you're doing it. Time flies, baby. Okay, uh, who, who would you rather be, Michael Jackson or R. Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, restart this. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. I got to get myself. They just came out with a headline today. He's getting more time. How yeah. am I supposed to judge that? Not- I don't, well, he, what, has he got 11 more years? 11 more charges. 11 more charges. <laughs> That's like 40, 40 years. In That's it. not even a fair question at this point. Like, how am I supposed to? So you're going Michael Jackson? Jackson, Okay, yeah. good. Okay, Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein? Um, we, uh, we, yeah, same. Cosby. Cosby. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go with Cosby, too. I think so. <laughs> yeah, i go with that. Okay, uh, I was going to ask you Mac or PC, but that's obviously obvious. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay, L.A. or New York? L.A. Okay. Uh, L.A. or Miami? L.A. L.A. or Chicago? LA. All right, good. Okay, good man. Just checking. Um, okay, uh, let's see here. Um, alcohol of choice. Ooh, anything that says fruity and could is one step away from getting an umbrella. He's a grown man, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> if you died yeah. and you could come back as any other race, what race would it be? Race? Yeah. Like any other color. Donors don't watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever you, even thought of that. Yeah, you could. You said you die. Okay, hey, Tony, we killed Tony, but you could come back as a Muslim or you could come back as a black guy or an Asian person. Which which race would you want to come back as? I'm all right with me. You're coming back as you're coming back as a Spanish boy. Yeah, you're coming back. Yeah, isn't that weird to think of? Like someone asked me that question, I was like, I could never see myself as anything else but a black. Yeah, guy. I mean, I'd be I'd be fine with anything. I'm not gonna be like, oh, that was a bad choice. Yeah. I'm not gonna be like, yeah, takeies, take backs. You know what I mean? But absolutely, I just never even thought of myself as like a different. I never even. Cons- I mean, I kid around that I joke, and everyone gets me in trouble for it. But like, I never even consider that a, a kind of differentiation thing. I right. was just, I mean, kiddingly, I was gonna say the human race. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. I'm not gonna chase be cheesy. <laughs> it's just like this one. I would just. Be whoever you, I be whoever Tony. whoever they spawn me out as you're good with. I'm good with. Okay. Yeah. Race, gender, anything. Yeah. I feel like they all have just there. Like I've met some of the dopest people, and I'm hopefully the museum is like that too. Just like super diverse, where you're just like you learn so much stuff from so many different people. Yeah. Like I, I can probably tell you people I wouldn't want to come back as. Yeah. There's a lot. Nah, of those Yeah. People. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't yeah. tell you racist though, yeah, but there's some specific people. people I can tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, are you watching the NBA Finals? Uh, first game's on right now, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to yeah. pick? 
Uh, Raptors. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. All, right, All right. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Raptors. Kennedy uh, needs something. Uh, aisle seat or window seat? Oh, window. Okay. I don't agree with you there. What? Why do you like the window? I don't even wake up the whole time. You're just out. I sit and I wake up when we land. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't even need a pillow. That's crazy. I can fall asleep anywhere. And that's it. You're I've just... been sleeping halfway through this goddamn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, tell people about the museum of how they can follow you and the museum. Where, how do they check it out? Uh, visit us on Instagram, A plus D underscore LA. Or He's the executive the director. Yeah. He's running the show. Yeah. Yeah. Not that impressive, guys. It's very Just impressive. show up and have fun. It's very, and when's the um, next exhibit? So June 8th is our next big opening, and then we have a whole series of stuff coming up. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Moore, thank you for coming to be a part of the show, man. I'm so awesome to connect it. with you, and, uh, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. All right, buddy.